Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Bear Cave on a weekly episode of the Sports Frenzy podcast. This week, we will be going over everything in sports. Well, at least the three major ones that are going on right now. We've got NFL news coming your way. We've got NBA first round of the playoffs, MLB baseball. I would like to welcome my very first guest. Well, not my first guest, but uh, guest for the very first time here in the Bear Cave Sports Frenzy Podcast, Rob Valentin. Welcome. Anytime. So let's let's jump right into it, Rob. We've got the NBA playoffs starting this weekend. We've got well. First, before we jump into the news, we had the Knicks. We had the Knicks. No, the Knicks are not in the playoffs. The, the Knicks are not in the playoffs, but they did fire Jeff Hornacek. We are both New York Knicks fans. What are your thoughts on the firing of Jeff Hornacek? Now, out of the two, who would you prefer, Fisdale or Mark Jackson? I think because it's New York, for that reason, I think Mark Jackson. He's played here before, he knows the city, more importantly, he knows the ownership. I think he would probably be my number one choice, but after that, I definitely Fisdale has the respect of all the players. We all remember what LeBron said when when Fisdale got fired from Memphis, how that shook up LeBron. I feel like most players kind of follow suit with that. It could be a resurgence of trying to bring people back to New York. That The only name that I, I don't want to see come to New York is um, David Blatt. I don't know why you would bring him here. I just don't know why. I understand the, the premise that Cleveland had with bringing him into a young team and, you know, that he would suit a younger team. But I just, I don't, if he couldn't handle the heat in Cleveland. You're not going to handle it in New York. No way. Yeah, I don't think so. And I, I also have heard that he is very good friends with the GM. So that, that kind of scares me a little bit. Yeah, I know the, the last time us fans wanted somebody to come in in New York, we got Phil Jackson, and he kind of screwed us and set us back, set us back for a, 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 yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, kind of screwed us on that one. We're still we're still paying for that. All right, so let's let's jump into the playoffs. Since we're already talking about the Eastern Conference, we'll jump into the Eastern Conference. First first matchup I've got down here is Toronto and Washington. A 1 versus 8. Of 
excited to watch is probably Boston and uh, Milwaukee, but I'm definitely interested to see how Toronto handles being the number one overall seed in the East. Something they uh, repented their team for. But I could have sworn, like, in the beginning of the year, weren't we talking about the Wizards being, uh, like, one, two, three, four seed anyway? Like, yeah, the, the Wizards were supposed to be top, top three, and John Wall was supposed to carry them past the first round for the first time in forever. But then he got hurt. Then the whole team imploded around him, and they were, well, we play better without John Wall. And then all of a sudden, they're just barely scraping by to get into the playoffs. Well, hold on. Let me let me throw in my two cents here with the Raptors and Washington. Um, I think the Raptors they'll they'll cruise through Washington. They'll get into the next round, and then they'll face LeBron, and they'll fall apart like they have done the past three to four years, where they just can't seem to figure out LeBron James, and LeBron James kind of owns them. So. Yeah, they would go up against them in the in the next round if they're able. Well, with them getting by the Pacers, which would be the next matchup. I, I, I find it hard to believe that the Raptors are going to get past the uh, the Cavs. Yeah, I'm not hard to believe. I, I mean, if they couldn't do it with with Paul George, with without him now with Oladipo and James Stevenson blowing in LeBron's ear, I can't see. It. So then we'll move on to Philly and Miami. Everybody's everybody's very high on Philly. Um, I understand the hype. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. You've got shooters around these guys. You got Markel Fultz starting to figure it out and show up. I I just don't. I I understand the hype, but I don't think they're going to go as far as everybody's saying they will. A lot of people are having them in the conference finals. Um, you know, doesn't have any other health concerns pop up. 
having a good season, you know, Gladys being a, a good point guard. I'm sure they'll pick up, you know, two games and, and maybe they'll push the Sixers. But, I mean, with the, the winning streak that they're on, and, you know, I can't say anybody being scared of Miami. Uh, I can see people being scared of the Sixers. I mean, this could be the year with Holt coming on and being more of like a dynamic guard to go along with Ben Simmons' more overall game. Right. So, so you are trusting the process then? <laughs> I don't know that I go along with the uh, tanking for 15 straight seasons, but, I mean, they did get a couple good players out of it, but if it works... Hey, more power to them. So then uh, the next matchup to close out the Eastern Conference first round would be Boston and Milwaukee. You got the Greek Freak versus versus a very depleted... Boston team. I am so like. I, I feel like if the Sixers are the trust the process team, then Boston should be who's left. Like thirty seconds into the game, gone. And then, and then right away, everybody wrote them off, and then all of a sudden they were still the best team in the East. And then in the last. You know, months of the season, Kyrie's knees starts filling up, and now he's going to get surgery. I mean, and they had Marcus Smart on for that time. It's, I, you know, with Tatum being as dynamic as a rookie, I guess Danny Ainge must have seen because, I mean, they traded back in the, they had the number one pick, they traded back just yeah. to get Tatum because they knew they would get him at three spots. He's been, like, you know, disgustingly nasty this whole year. He's a real scorer. So, I think they're a good team, as currently constituted, and not including Gordon Hayward and um, and Kyrie, but I just can't see how they, you know, even if they can sweep past the Bucks, which I don't know. I, mean, I don't know how you feel, but I, I don't know about that. I just can't see them going further than this anyway. Yeah, I, I see them getting bounced here. Um, I feel like the Greek freak is, he's going to be too much for them. The kid is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. His length and his athleticism is just crazy. But you don't think that the fact that the Bucks have an interim coach, like he's not even like a permanent head coach, he's not a season vet, like you don't think that's going to have any effect, especially in the playoffs? I don't, I don't think it'll affect him here in the first round. I think m- maybe come, come the second round against – against the Sixers, I can see that being a problem then. But the first round, you can kind of fly through on, you know, athleticism. Your bench can kind of push you through. I don't know. I, I think they'll be able to get by Boston. It'll be a, I, I think it'll go six, but I think they'll be able to get by him. Right. And, you know, you do have uh, the former Butler coach out there in uh, in Boston. Oh, Stevens? Yes. Yeah. Stevens is. Everybody says that he's the, the coach of the year. Him and um, the guy Snyder in Utah, the guy that's coming from college. Right. Everybody gives them a lot of praise. So, yeah, I mean, if they, if, if they can figure out a way to win, 
feel like it'd be more on on Steven than it would be on the team itself. Right, I agree with you on that. Now let's jump over to the West. We've got number one and eight with Houston and Minnesota. Minnesota just squeaked out a win yesterday in overtime and clinched that last playoff spot. But I feel like Denver's Denver's been that way, even when Melo was there. They they give you high hopes. They show you some flashes throughout the season, but then they come up a little too. They 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 pour it on a little too late. They're kind of like the Chargers in football, where at the beginning of the year everybody's like, "All right, these guys could be pretty good." Then they'll suck for a little bit, turn it on super late, and everybody's like, well, you know, I wouldn't want to see them in the playoffs. And then they just miss out. Well, that's, that's the thing. I mean, I just uh, – I, I guess if they were playing good so late, I would have really liked to see them come back. And especially with uh, the guy Gary Harris, who, you know, had the minutes reception in the last game of the year. Like, he had to come back off injury and stuff. But, uh, you know, you, you got to get into the playoffs. Like, it doesn't help you to be a nine seed. You're not going to get a lot of ping pong goals. Yeah. You might as well go for the eight seed. I don't know why they give a minutes restriction. I mean, granted, whoever won that game is going to play Houston and get down with anywhere, but. Yeah. It's always nice to say you can make the playoffs. Now, now, do you think Houston can sustain a long run this year with Mike D'Antoni's system? I think that until they run into a really good defensive team, I don't see why they couldn't just outshoot everybody mm-hmm. because uh, from you know the the whole the whole pick and roll offense and, you know not really being tested too much defensively. I mean maybe the Jazz can give them a little bit of a beef. I know the Jazz are a good defensive team. You know I'm trying to think of other like good defensive teams in the uh, I would say the Spurs for Kawhi, but obviously Kawhi's not there. You know, another really good defensive team would shut them down. Mm-hmm. The Warriors, obviously, they're a good defensive team. But I don't think so. I mean, I look at I look at the way they're built, and they are built to run everybody out of the court. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see any. But then again, Dan Tony's teams have always been like that, and he always gets in the playoffs, and the game slows down, and you can't run and gun and shoot the ball with, you know. 22 seconds left in the shot clock. Yeah, I, I think it's something definitely worth noting. I mean, in, in every playoffs, whether it's the you know baseball, basketball, hockey, whatever playoff it is, the offensive game usually slows down because defense kind of get ratcheted up. Right. So, I, I mean, I definitely understand that. And, I mean, that's always going to be a knockout on D'Antoni until he actually does win. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, he had Nash, but... I mean, has he had a guy like Harden? I don't know. I mean, and he has Harden and MCP3. Yeah, that's true. And they got Clint Capella as well, a big man down low to, you know, you can throw it inside to him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I forget what the, uh, the stats were, but I think they were something like 40 and 1 or something, or 40 and 3 when all three of them in the lineup together. But CP3 was hurt for a lot this year. Capella's hurt now. And they were they were ranked sixth in the the NBA in overall team defense. So that that's nothing to you know 
poo-poo on, but... Yeah, you don't you don't have as much rest yeah. as opposed to the regular season. And they're not really playing scrub teams. I mean, every team that they're going to play this year, and every game is going to be a hard fought game. They're not going to have any, you know, any other franchises going through trust in the process. Everybody's going to be trying to win right now. Right. So next we got OKC and Utah. My man Russ. Russ, Mister Padger stats. It was ridiculous. They they were they were literally moving out of the way so he could get the rebound. Did you see the? Uh, I saw a meme online with him. Uh, he boxed out Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. And they had like a meme like like saying why like, this is why Carmelo gets no rebounds because he can't even box out his own team. <laughs> That's <laughs> and hilarious. I was like Carmelo, you're like two feet, like as punchy as he is, like two forty, like six eight six nine, and he can't even box out the point guard on the team. I, I did see a meme with Russ and Mello, and it was like, we we didn't we got Mello, but we didn't even get Hoodie Mello. That's the one we wanted, and y- you're not it. It was hilarious. So, but going back to this matchup, I think it's going to be OKC. I think they're too talented, a little deeper than Utah, but Utah is very young. The inexperience may come in here, and I feel like when Russ gets in the playoffs, he's kind of like a a bull in a china shop. He's just going to go full on and destroy whatever's in his way. I'm just curious. I mean, uh, granted, the East is kind of blase, but what I'm really interested in watching with the West, I'm really interested to see this matchup just because Russ tends to struggle with good defensive teams. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, next up, we've got Portland and New Orleans. The the Brow versus versus Lillard. <laughs> what, is, what, is, what is the rapper name? Dame Dollar. Dame Dollar. <laughs> Dame Dollar. Yep. I've actually heard some of his stuff. He actually he does sound good. I don't I don't know that I've heard 
that that career will take off and flourish as well as the basketball career, but he's got a good sound. He's not like Shaq Diesel. He will not stand and deliver. I did have that single. I did have that single back in the day on cassette tape. Many of our many of our listeners may not know what a cassette tape is. Yeah, but when when we didn't have iTunes, we had to go to we had to go to Sam Goody and get these via the Tower Records. Yes, yes. But yeah, um, I think this is gonna be Portland, New Orleans. It's it's just a brow with Boogie Hurt. I know you got Rondo down there and you got uh, Teague, but I know Teague Teague went over to Minnesota. Yeah, you got Holiday. I I just I don't see it. He's he's gonna have to, to to pull this one out. He's gonna have to do something like that. You know, Dame is gonna get his thirty. You know, McCollum's gonna get his thirty, twenty thirty. You know, their whole team plays. You know, they've got a lot of guys who are the same thing. It's got a lot of length. Those those six foot six to six foot ten guys who, you know, they can all switch. There's a lot of good defense. I don't know. That's gonna be a good series. I think the Blazers take it too, though. I would definitely say that. Right. So now to, to round out the West, we've got Golden State without Steph versus San Antonio without Kawhi. I just, I, I don't think San Antonio's got enough. Not without, not without Kawhi. We know what happened to them last year when Kawhi went down, and he's in, he came back for what, maybe ten games this season, and then went back out. Now I'm I am hearing rumblings that Kawhi's on his way out. I don't know. The same thing with the Giants with Odell. Like these are guys you can't really you can't lose these guys. Like whatever their beef is with the organization, you know this is why you have upper men and you have GMs and you have all the you know player recruitment offices. Like you have all these people who make their money. This is where they make their money. They earn it. Yeah. Whatever his 
defense of the organization, you need to figure out a way to keep him. But, I, you know, you hear all the NBA.com writings on on him saying that he wants to leave. And, again, it's quite Leonard. He's not going to say anything. Like, yeah. He's not going to come out and say that, yes, I want to trade. No, I don't want to trade. So we're all just going to talk about it until something actually happens. But, you know, I think he's going to stay. I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting offseason once. Once everything kind of plays itself out. So that, that rounds out the playoffs, the NBA first round. We'll, we'll come back next next week and we'll, we'll dive into updates on that, where the series are, and so on and so forth. But now let's, let's, jump, into, uh, let's jump into the MLB. What, what do you think so far? We're, we're about 11 games into the season. For most teams, yeah, 11, 12 games. 11, 12 games. What, what do you think so far? What are your impressions? We ha- we did have a bunch of big moves during the off season. He flirted. With, he flirted with a no hitter last game, right? He hit two home runs and flirted with a no hitter. Because I'm already hearing him say, he's already saying that he wants more. He wants more playing time. He wants more fielding time. Now I'm I'm just I'm wondering with him, what's going to happen when teams start to get more film on him? Are they going to figure him out? Are they going to start to? Like, look what happened with Judge last year, where he was he crushed it through the All Star break, and then they figured out how to pitch him in the second half, and his his second half didn't really match up with his first. He still had fifty home runs, but. Now, 
everybody's going to study his swing. I've already heard uh, some people say that because he has such a long swing, pitching him inside and hard is, is the best way to pitch him. He's not going to be able to turn around on it. It's easy. Okay. So, I mean, the, the guys are going to figure out his swing. It, it happens with every young star. He comes in, they, you know, they're going to get a lot of fastballs, a lot of, you know, pitches that are, I would say, easy to hit, but it's going to come a little easier. Mm-hmm. And then once pitchers start to figure them out, that's when it becomes like a you know, the, the meaning of baseball, that whole chess game that comes into play. Right. Now, yesterday was a crazy day. Two, two brawls, basically. We had one in, one in Colorado, or San Diego, wherever, wherever they played. I, I believe it was San Diego. And then we had one in Boston. I, I love the one in Boston. I feel, <laughs> I feel like the Yankee-Boston rivalry is kind of, is back in play. And I know not too long ago, Sonny Gray hit Hanley Ramirez, and he's out for the rest of the game. I mean, I'm just very, very curious to see what comes up. Like, have you heard about any suspension? You know some of those guys being suspended. Yeah, I, the suspension so far, what I've heard is Kelly got six games. Well, so basically it's one start for him. It's ridiculous. He gets – one start, and then Tyler Austin got five games. Yeah, but Kelly's a reliever, so he's basically, you know, one, maybe two relief appearances he can't get. Tyler Austin, I suppose the fact that Bird's not there, but I mean, I think, um... Walker was playing first. Hicks, Hicks comes back today or tomorrow, so... Yeah, I believe he was DHing tonight. All right, so he'll be, he'll be back, so that works out for, for them. They kind of just take one piece out and add another piece. Right. I I did enjoy seeing I did enjoy seeing Judge and Stanton in the middle of it yesterday. I know when when we grew up watching the Yankees, Derek Jeter was off by the first base side while everybody's throwing punches. That infamous brawl in was it ninety seven or ninety eight against the Orioles? Where Daryl Strawberry and uh, Bernie Williams were in the dugout, beating ass. They were beating everybody. They can get a hold of. Yeah. Uh, but you know what it is too, though? Like, everybody's friends now. So, like, nobody really wants to brawl. Like, they fight in the second base, or they go to first base, and they talk to the first baseman, and they know everybody. Everybody has a similar agent or an agency or works out in the same place in the offseason. So, uh, I feel like everybody's a lot more friendly than they used to be. But I like seeing these, you know, especially these two teams. Specifically, I, I like to see if there's a little bit of bad blood. Especially because they're both young teams. So they're going to yeah. be around for a long time. Yeah. So I'm happy about that. Now, we also did, over the weekend, we had a little incident with Yadier Molina and the coach for the Diamondbacks. What, what was your take on that? talking about Molina? Yeah, Molina. I just, I mean, he's, you know, the, the coach is coming out and arguing, and then, 
Like, it's not even the St. Louis coach coming out and arguing back. It's Melina fighting his own fight. Like, well, from, from what I heard, he called him an MF or twice. Mm-hmm. And Melina went at him. Now I'm not I'm not saying he was right, but I'm I'm just saying he's the last catcher I'm gonna go at in this league and be like, yeah, mofo, like you're an ass, blah blah blah, whatever. Those Molina boys, they look they look like they're a little off. We're Puerto Rican, we we know how Puerto Rican baseball players can get. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 was strange. And then yesterday I know we touched on it, but then we got diverted into the Yankee fight. We had the fight out in San Diego with the Rockies and and the Padres. And I did see for some reason, you know, going to your point where coaches are yelling at players, Mark McGuire's in Arenado's face going at him. I I didn't understand why why Maguire was getting into it like that? I don't know. I mean, Maguire's still on the juice, I suppose. I mean, he's got a lot of the rage. <laughs> now, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm, this is a little bit of off topic, but have you seen Sammy Sosa lately touching on Maguire? Uh, I have not. I, I haven't heard any reports of him. Why? What's going on with him? Sammy Sosa has gone through uh, skin bleaching. So, yes, we we all remember what Sammy Sosa looked like when he played, correct? Sammy Sammy Sosa now looks like Mark McGuire, skin tone wise. It it is freaky. I'm gonna see if I can. I can find one here for you, but it is it it is disturbing to say the least. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I'm seeing it here on my screen right now. That is awful. That, is that real? Yeah, that's real. I I saw a comparison through the stages of his skin bleaching, where he they compared his three stages to Neapolitan ice cream with chocolate, <laughs> strawberry, and vanilla. And it was dead on. Like, you, it wasn't Photoshopped. It was the actual pictures. It was insane. Now, is this like, I feel bad if it is. Is this like some sort of, like, health issue he has? No, it's not a health issue. This is choice. This is him bleaching his skin. Well, I, I've heard other people do it, other famous people like Michael Jackson, but... I'm seeing one picture of him, of him where he's, you know, like very dark-skinned brown, and then one picture where he almost looks 
kind of like a like a light skinned Puerto Rican, and then one picture here where he is like pale white, like a literally like a vampire who hasn't had blood in forever. Yep, basically, that's Sammy Sosa now. Yep. Sammy Sosa High Heat Baseball. It's so real. <laughs> That's a little throwback for everybody out there when Sammy Sosa came out with his video game. Now, just a, a quick little prediction. What what are you thinking? What are you thinking playoff-wise? Who do, who do you think just first 12 games in your, your World Series prediction? Yes, I, mean, I, w- I would agree with you on that. You know, but he, again, it's so early in the year. Like, their whole thing is that that pitching staff can stay healthy for the whole year. Not part right. of the year, you know, not just until the All-Star break, but can they stay healthy the whole year? Uh, I'll be curious to see. And with the Mets, we know their training staff has failed at that over the past five years with Harvey DeGrom's Syndergaard, Matt's who can barely stay healthy for a three-game set. This is called Harvey. called Dark Knight, and now they're calling him the Nightlight. That's hilarious. I didn't hear that one. That's a good one. Yeah, that, that's going to be – if they can sustain it, I, I think they can be they can be in the hunt there. But it, it's all if they can sustain it. Now, let, now let's jump into the NFL. We did get the release yesterday of the preseason schedule, and we had some news today with Jarvis Landry getting a huge deal. Five years, $75 million extension from Cleveland. I don't know wh- where the hell Cleveland's getting this money. Because I believe they're still... P- aren't they still paying Osweiler? Right. And then, I, I don't know if you did hear this, we got Richie Incognito retiring from the Bills through Twitter. And the Bills placing him on the... Um, retired slash reserve list. There's no way he's going to the Hall of Fame. No. I don't see it. Agreed. 
after all the stuff he went through in Miami, after being such a you know a high touted NFL guard, I mean, he's, he's had a pretty dynamic career. But I mean, I think when he was with the Bills, I mean, they had a great winning game. He was at the heart of that, you know, being on the inside of the offensive line. He was he was pulling all the time and opening it up for Shady McCoy. Now I I I'm a Bills fan. They moved up to twelve. Now with this losing their center because Woods got Woods got uh, health issues and he can't come back. Now losing your guard with Incognito in the same off season. Do you think it's smart for them to jump up to two or? Six to try to get a quarterback, or do you use that and try to fill? Because they have two first-round picks. They've got 12 and 23. Was it Nelson? Nelson. Nelson. Yeah, Nelson's not going to last to them, but you know, one of them, one of the other guards that's going to be highly touted, you know, coming out of there. But I got to imagine with that second overall pick, they can address that if they wanted to. And I mean, if you're if you're losing all that, that offensive lineman, all those offensive linemen, they got to be able to do something. I mean, but who, who else did they trade? They traded the left tackle Cordy Glenn, right? Yep, they traded Glenn to move up. To twelve, but they they did get AJ McCarron, who's a, a solid back. I'm not saying like, oh, here's the second coming of Jim Kelly. No chance in hell. It's AJ McCarron, but like, he's solid. He'll he'll do the job for right now. I, I just don't know if, with all these holes now, if you move up. You still have Kelvin Benjamin. You'll get a full year of him. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, you have A.J. 
but he was kind of like the, you know, the last girl standing in the line to dance. I mean, he kind of asked, they just kind of got him because they needed somebody. Right. Now, how do you how do you feel about your Giants? Their off season moves. Oh my God, my Giants, my G men. Uh, um, I do like that they're saying that they're going to stick with Eli for a year or two. That I mean, that at least gives us the knowledge that if we don't draft the quarterback this year, we have at least another year or two with Eli. I don't know what that necessarily says for us as an organization, since. Well, you guys did pick up Soldier, but you still have Eric Flowers, who I'm a Miami guy, and I did not see him panning out to be this bad in the in the pros. Well, everybody said that they overdrafted him. He was like a good prospect, but he wasn't like a top ten pick. Okay. I, I mean, I would love for them to be able to trade back and just pick up, a, you know, a plethora of picks to a team that you know maybe you know is dire for a quarterback similar to your bills, mm-hmm. you know, granted, I, I don't know that the 12th and whatever, 22nd overall pick would necessarily do it, but, you know, you probably have to throw in something else, either a second, third, you know, the next year or this year, right. to get that pick, but, you know, I think on most years, the, those picks usually go for at least two first round picks, usually, you know, three and some change, so... I, I could see them moving back based on the fact that they and this is, they have already said they want to keep Eli, but it, it's hard too because the last time we were up this high, we had a chance to draft a Eli Manning and we did. It, you know, we had to, we pulled off the trade with Rivers and Eli, but that's what we did. So you don't, you know, especially as a Giants fan, we don't draft this high that often. With right. Eli, you know, being phased out within a couple of years. I would love for them to get a kid like Sam Darnold. Probably not Josh Rosen, just just on the way he he thinks intellectually and stuff. I, I couldn't see him being a backup, mm-hmm. but I could see Sam Darnold or even the kid, uh, even Allen. I mean, you know, he's coming out of Wyoming. He doesn't have a lot of experience with top level kind of uh, competition. And for a guy like him, with his attributes, to be able to sit behind Eli for a year or two. And, and really learn the NFL and learn their system, I think that would do him well. Now, now the news breaking this week, at least the past couple of days, has been New England is very high on on Lamar. I'm, I'm, I'm confused. I mean, I, uh, I'll be honest. I was definitely one of those guys that I thought him being on the I didn't see him staying at the quarterback position. Right. But also, New England has a bunch of those guys. I mean, Edelman was a quarterback in college. He's a receiver now. I mean, is that really something that you want to take into account with Brady's last few years? I mean, I don't know. I just can't see, especially since Brady has this, you know, problem with his backup, essentially. I can't see him 
wanting like a Lamar Jackson behind him just because you know Lamar Jackson is going to be somebody that you know there's going to be questions asked about him. He's gonna he's also going to have expectations of you know I'm going to play. And if they draft him you know in the back half of the second round or in the middle of the second round, I mean the middle of the first round, is he going to have the expectation and you know thought process that all right. I'm going to try to be a quarterback, but if you go to New England, they're gonna, you're going to do what they say. They have their very strict program. Right. You know, are they going to try to make him a receiver even though he doesn't want to be one? Yeah, that's true. That's, my, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Who knows? Maybe he plays receiver for a year or two, and then he plays his quarterback as soon as Brady retires. Right. That would, that would be funky. Now, I want to say thank you very much. Thank you for being a guest here, the first of many. I hope on the Sports Frenzy podcast. I want to let everybody know, find us on Facebook at Sports Frenzy Podcast. Find us on Instagram at The Sports Frenzy Podcast. We're on iTunes, uh, Pocket Cast, and Anchor.fm. Find us, review us, give us a like, let us know what you think. Let us know what what you want to hear. I just want to say thank you guys, and we'll catch you next week. Anytime.